Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right, everybody. David here, and I'm really excited today. I've got a couple uh, really great things on my mind for today's podcast. The first um, is that our main segment today is going to be about wash fixtures. Um, We're going to be talking about, over the next couple episodes, um, the next two episodes, the common types of lighting fixtures that you're going to run into. I'm just going to talk about each one of them, kind of summarize it, and and let you know what they're they're good for and the, the strengths and weaknesses of each type of light. All right, and so to start off, let's dive in to some lighting news. All right, this week is uh, wasn't too eventful of a week in the lighting world, and, and that tends to happen. You know, the news um, tends to ebb and flow, but you know, when I do see something that, that catches my eye, I do want to share it with you. And uh, in Church Production Magazine this week, uh, Jim Kumerick wrote a really great review. I just got my, my edition, at least this week. And he wrote a really great review on the ADJ PAR Z100 3K, okay? And this is a unit that's that's been on my radar for a while. Uh, one of my students, one of my Learn Stage Lighting Labs members had, had mentioned to it to me a while ago, asked about it, and, and I've been curious because on paper, it looks like a really good light at a really reasonable price, okay? So this is an LED PAR. It's white only. Um, it's either, it's a 100-watt fixture, and it's either going to be at 3,000 Kelvin of a color temperature, so that's like a warm white, or 5,000, which is a pretty harsh... Um, uh, greater than daylight, um, right? White, and so the the thing that really has, has stuck out to me about this is it's really inexpensive. Um, the price online is about three hundred and twenty dollars. It is. It has zoom. Um, it has some different angles you can set to it, and it's pretty stinking bright. And, and it's got a good CRI too, as well to it. Um, they say, and so and so those three things together make it really exciting because. For a while here, you know, over the past bunch of years, we, we've seen LEDs come down in price, right? When they first came out, if you weren't paying attention to lighting, maybe you were, maybe you weren't, LEDs were really expensive and they didn't even look that good. I mean, they were cool and they were revolutionary, but if you look back at them now, the, the light that you got out of them really wasn't that great. Um, and, and so now we're starting to see, you know, then we saw lights that were really good, but also expensive that were LEDs. And now we're starting to see the the price really coming down and, and LEDs being affordable for almost anyone. And so um, Jim comes through, I'm gonna link to the article in the show notes, but he just, he takes some great measurements, um, which, which show us that, you know, at the um, 30 degree beam angle at about 15, 13 feet away from him uh, on stage, um, it makes about an eight foot spot on the stage and it gives him about 80 foot candles, which is like perfect brightness uh, for the camera in a lot of situations. And so again, you know, this is just a really great review. I'm going to uh, link to it if you're interested in it. And so you can go check that review out, check out that light. Um, he checked it, you know, on cameras to make sure it wasn't flickering. He said the dimmer was nice and smooth and, and it's really, you know, uh, a really high quality seeming fixture at a, at a really reasonable price and it's from uh adj american dj so definitely you know give that a, a chance you know check it out and, and see if maybe that's something that that you could use in your lighting now 
that was all I got in the news this week. So off to our main segment. And, and we want to talk about, hey, what are all these different types of lights and, and how and when should you use them? Part one, we're going to talk about wash fixtures. And so by definition, wash fixtures are what we call generally soft edged lights. And in the days before LEDs, it was pretty, it was really easy to categorize them. You know, there were a number of types, but they, they were pretty consistent. And then, you know, the LED came into the world and, and muddled everything up. And there's, there's some different varieties of lights um, that you can get that in LED that, that don't necessarily fit into any particular box. But, but overall, these are all wash lights. And so the first and, and I think most common wash light out there is the PAR cam. And the PAR can that stands for parabolic alumni reflector is simply a bulb in a case. I mean, that's pretty much it. And, and what it is, is it's a PAR bulb. If, if it's a conventional, which again has that alumni, that aluminum coated reflector, um, that's parabolic in shape. And so the lamp is both the lens as well as the bulb itself all put in to one and you would put this in the back of a park can you know whether it be a par 38 a par 46 56 uh, 64 and it would be able to dim via a dimmer great fixture on the output side and when you look at it a, a traditional park can actually outputs an oval a slightly oval beam of light and, and you're able to actually turn that oval which is often called spinning the bottle that's the slang term you may here um, but nowadays with leds most led pars are going to output a circle of light instead of an oval though i think there are a few fixtures on the market where, where it still has that oval lensing and you could spin it um, but generally you, you're gonna see a circle beam of light around those and, and what are pars great for well they're inexpensive and they, they give you a nice soft light. And so those are their, their two main strong points. You know, it is a wash light. It gives you a soft light um, and it's inexpensive. On the downside, some PARs can really splash a lot of light. They don't control it well. And, and there can be a lot of fragments of light kind of splashing off, you know, outside of, of the main beam. And so they can, they can really generate kind of a lot of light pollution almost around your stage. Um, and, and that's not always ideal, but for the price, they, they really can't be beat. Now, our second fixture, the Fresnel, named after um, a French guy who designed the lens in it, which again, with LEDs, you know, you may not have the same lensing, but it's a cool Ripley lens. Um, I'll link to a picture in the show notes that, that kind of shows a Fresnel lens, maybe give some history on it. And Fresnels were often seen in a theater, and they are often seen in theaters, but you know, sometimes also in churches and, you know, I, I mean, I've seen them in all sorts of places. And what's great about a Fresnel, there's two things that are awesome about Fresnels. The first is they are just the most beautiful, soft, you know, perfect uh, beam of light that just falls off on the edges. It's just such a lovely beam of light. And you can tell I'm, I'm reminiscing back to my days um, when I lit more theater shows when I was in high school. Um, and, and after that, um, in my first job where we lit some theater shows because the Fresnel just, oh man, it's just, it is just the most lovely beam of light ever. And it's a little more controlled than a par too. So it's kind of like, you know, almost a sophisticated par. Okay. 
And then a Fresnel would zoom, you'd be able to zoom by actually moving the lamp. There'd be a knob on either on the back or on the bottom of the fixture when it's hung that you could adjust um, to move the lamp closer or further from the lens, which would then set the beam angle. And so there's pros and cons to that. The, the pros are that, hey, you've got multiple angles. The cons is that if you do choose an angle in the middle, it may be hard to match up between fixtures and you gotta be real careful if you're focusing multiple fixtures. But Fresnel is such a friend of mine. It is just um, the most beautiful, soft wash of light that, that you can get on a stage. If you look at a lot of um, mega churches that are broadcasting for TV, broadcast studios, um, live events that are being broadcast, unless they have a need to really constrict light down, they use Fresnels for their video lighting wash a lot of the time. And it looks so good. And the transition between lights is so awesome. And I hope I'm not just a nerd babbling off about this, but that hopefully um, you, you know, can relate with this itself. It's just Fresnel gives off such a lovely, lovely, lovely light. And they just make me happy. And so the only downside of Fresnels is, well, you can get some barn doors to shape that beam. Um, you, you really can't do much to restrict the light from a Fresnel from getting on other things on your stage. And so if you need your wash to be tight and, and really controlled, and, and there's certain elements on the stage that you can't get light on, then you're, you're not going to be able to use a Fresnel most likely. It's, it's not going to be the best fixture for that. The next fixture, um, a little less common, but, but sometimes you see them, is the scoop light. And the scoop light, and when I say that, you might think of the little aluminum clamp lights that you can get at a home center store. But, um, and, and that truly is a scoop light. But in, in the theatrical world, um, scoop lights are actually much bigger and can have a brighter bulb. And, you know, it's, it's just like it sounds. It's literally pretty much like a bowl, a big bowl that's white on the inside. And it has a big old lamp in the middle. And when you light it up, you get a really soft light and these these generally aren't used for front wash um they're generally used for for down light or lighting a backdrop or something like that but scoops are great because they just throw out a really soft wide swath of light they're not super bright um but you know they 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 have their use and they can again really work for some down light or something like that on a more theatrical stage um, and by the way these aren't really in any particular order. Um, so our next light is the psych light. And this is something that when LEDs were first around, there were no LED psych lights. They did not exist. But as the markets progress, as the technology's gotten there, there's a number of great options in the LED world. And, and what a psych light is, is it's basically a almost triangle shaped light, if you look at it from the side, with a curved front lens on it or a curved front cover. And what a psych light is awesome for is, is lighting a large psych or a, a backdrop because these guys just have like a big old quartz lamp. So it looks kind of like those uh, work light lamps again that you use, you know, when you're painting a wall in your house, uh, similar to that, but, but much brighter and higher quality control, obviously, because it's a theatrical light, it's a stage light and they wash huge surfaces really well. That's what they're great at. And it's, it's such a nice, even wash of light. You'll, you'll probably notice if you, you know, take an LED PAR or even an LED strip light and you put it against a backdrop, that backdrop is really bright right up close to the light. Maybe you've got the light at the bottom. 
And then as you head up that backdrop, the light really falls off pretty quick. And sometimes that's the look you want, but other times you'd like that whole entire backdrop to be lit really solidly. And to do that, the psych light's gonna be your friend. And thankfully now there's LED versions of these. I know Blizzard Lighting has one. Um, Chevy Inhalation probably have them too now. Um, I think they all do. And ETC's got their Color Source Psych, which is a newer unit as well. And there's a lot of options there. And in the show notes, I'll have some examples of all these, some links where, where you can see them all. But the great thing about a psych light again is it can wash a huge surface really efficiently with just a couple lights and it looks really good. Now it's brother, as I just mentioned there, the strip light, um, when used in the theater, you know, back in the, the old days when I started with lighting, at least, you know, you'd have these overhead and they were kind of a general purpose, you know, just a strip of bulbs with different colored filters on them and just kind of a general wash. You could use them as a down wash in a pinch. You could light a psych with them. Um, you can ask one of my really good friends, um, Dan, who was a, uh, L2 for me in high school. And, and we did light a psych with these once. And, um, we probably hung too many on the pipe that they were on it. And that's shouldn't have been done. Shouldn't have been allowed possibly by the folks who were supervising us, but, um, psych, but strip lights are kind of, you know, kind of think of them as an inexpensive version of a strip of a psych light. And when we come into the led world, strip lights can be useful. You can put them behind a stage to make a cool graphic effect. You can uplight a fabric with them, you know, some kind of backdrop or, or banner or something like that. You can use them as downlight. You can put them on the sides and use them as a side light. Really they're, they're a versatile unit. And, um, what, what you want to know about strip lights is they tend to, to throw a very narrow beam of light. And, and what that's good for then is putting it up against an object and having it go really far. So they're not usually designed for, you know, putting in front of some people on a stage and having it wash that stage. They usually don't have that width to the lenses. Again, you know, some, some particular fixtures may vary in this regard, but overall, um, strip lights are, are really good for those things that I mentioned for just lighting backdrops behind people side lights, etc. And so they, they can be a really great option and, and a versatile unit. Next, we've got the um, LED panel lights, as I like to call them. And so this is literally just, you know, a straight up flat panel of LEDs. And these are pretty popular in, in the world of, of video um, lighting. But, you know, there are also some color changing ones. And the great thing about these is they're flat. They don't take up a lot of space uh, when you're storing them and, and traveling with them. And they also are pretty bright and typically inexpensive. And they're going to look more or less like a par. Um, they may be wider. They may not be. But, you know, often I just want to mention them here for when you run into them. They're, they're going to be fairly similar in that regard to, to a par can or something like that. But generally, you'll get a little more brightness, a little less control. Uh, and you've got a big old face to them that if it's visible to the audience, they'll obviously be able to see the colors really big. And then the last wash fixture, again, this is not a complete guide and end all be all by any means, but my last um, fixture that I wanna cover here is just moving head washes, okay? Um, especially with LEDs, but even before LEDs and, and fixtures that aren't LED, 
you've got moving head washes. And so this is like an LED par that moves. And the great thing about moving head washes is a lot of times they're able to zoom. Again, the, the least expensive ones on the market probably aren't gonna be able to zoom, but there's a lot of them that you're able to zoom, you're able to pan and tilt, you're able to move that light. And these are just a really great piece of the toolkit for any designer because you can hang that somewhere, whether it be at a backlight position, over your stage, side stage, front light, wherever you hang that light, you're able, because it's a moving light, to wash multiple areas at, at different times. And so while it's gonna behave like an LED par or maybe more like a Fresnel, you're able to, to move it. And, and because of that, you can one, get cool movement looking effects. Everybody likes those, but that may not be appropriate for your particular show. However, what is gonna be appropriate for any show is the ability to light different areas, to light different things at different times all with one light. And so with that guys, that's that's kind of all I got, kind of just a brief introduction for you guys on wash lights. Again, in the show notes, there's gonna be more information. There's gonna be some examples and things like that for you to check out. Now let's dive in to our mailbag. All right, this is the mailbag where folks like you write in questions to learnstagelighting.com slash contact. And they, um, they fill out that form, write in questions, and I answer them live here. So Bert writes in and said, uh, hey David, I'm a complete newbie with DMX. Um, he's using MPC and He's working at a haunted house and they have 29 RGB uh, fixtures with DMX control and they want to be able to change the color of the lights when they want to. His question um, is on an effect. Okay, so that's why they have the lights, but he wants to make an effect inside of MPC that is basically a heartbeat. Okay, and so he wants it to be able to go, you know, bump, bump, pause, bump, bump, pause, bump, bump, pause just like a heartbeat. And, and he wanted to know, okay, you know, how would the best way to accomplish this be inside of MPC? And so it's going to be a pulse and it's going to repeat indefinitely. And so Bert, um, I'm actually firing up MPC here just so I can see visually while I'm talking through this. But what you're going to want to do is start. The first thing you want to do is, is make a cue list where you record the series of cues that you want. Don't worry at first about the fades, but you know, Q1 would probably be the lights at full intensity. Then Q2 would, they'd be off. Then Q3, they'd be on. Then they'd be off. Then they'd be on, etc. And so you'd have, you'd basically have one heartbeat's worth that you'd record. So on, off, on, off, right? Bump, 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 bump. Yeah, so on, off, on, off. So you'd record that um, into cues. You'd click on that cue list to select it, and you would go to the screen called cue list values inside of MPC. Okay, and I'm going through this quick, um, but I think it should be, I'm enough for you to, to catch it. And then pop into edit mode, click that edit mode button, and you'll see your cues there, right? So you've got four cues we said, right? Beat, pop, beat off, beat off. and we would set up some different timing for those, okay? So you'll see if it's a regular red cue list, which is what you should have recorded by default, 
there is trigger, delay, and fade, and then fade mode. And so there's a lot you can actually do um, in here that's gonna work well for you. So the first thing you wanna do is, is change that trigger to from go to follow, okay? So we're gonna set that to follow. So it's gonna follow the previous cue always. Then you wanna work with the delay and fade times until you get the cue um, looking the way you want to. So you probably want for this effect, you probably want the fade times to be really short, like maybe a quarter second, okay? Maybe 0.25 seconds. And then your delay is gonna get you in sync with the, the time, so it's gonna be the break in it. So between, you know, the first beat and then the second beat, the first beat will be delayed zero, fade it a quarter. Then say the first off cue will be at, you know, say a half second delay, zero second fade. And then the second beat again will be at zero second delay, um, 0.25 second fade. And then you'll have your big pause between the two heartbeats. And so that'll be, you know, say that's a zero second fade and the delay is one second. You know, maybe that's too long, but you get the idea. And then you set all those cues to follow and, and set those delays and fades and you'll be able to press play and, and watch that go through. And it's just gonna keep looping around and around and around until somebody stops that cue list. So Bert, that should help you. I hope that explanation was uh, pretty clear and that helps you with your problem. Joe writes in and says he's a self-taught uh, DMXer, but he's got a problem. He's running a Chave Obey 40 with some um, light trees, some foreign one, cheap Chinese light trees. Um, and he's using programs and scenes to step through them using a MIDI pedal board to drive them. The problem is every once in a while, you try to change to the next program and all the lights go off till you send another next program command. Um, changing cables and fixture order doesn't make any difference in the wiring. Any ideas? So Joe, here, here's a few things you can check um, to try to work through this. I don't know exactly the answer because I'm not in front of it, but but here's some things you can do that I think will help. The first is just go ahead and um, see if you can replicate it on a consistent basis. Is it always between the same two scenes or is it sometimes between, or does it move around? Do you know, say it's between scenes four and five that it happens. Does it happen every time between scenes four and five or is it intermittent? Um, you know, one of the things is it, it could be that for some reason it's getting some bad MIDI signal or the Obey 40 is just getting confused. Um, and unfortunately that's something you, you probably can't fix, um, you know, at all. But, you know, I just look there to try to figure out, okay, is it that there's a blank queue somewhere that you're getting into and, and you didn't know was in the console. And so every time it happens, there's a blank queue in there or is, is it something different? Um, and so, and so working with that kind of seeing if you can replicate it every time or if it's seemingly random, will will kind of tell you, is this a programming error where there's an extra blank queue in there somewhere? Or is it something with how the MIDI is being sent or how, um, the Obey is receiving it. And so the Obey is a really cheap controller. Um, and 
you may not be able to fix this, Joe. I, I hate to, to rain on your parade, but I would go ahead and check out NTEX DMX's software. You know, obviously you said you're just a weekend where you're trying to differentiate, but I think you'll find that investing that money in, in a quality controller, and this is a PC-based one that I really love, it is really going to give you that differentiation factor because DMXs allows you to program pretty much anything you want with your lights and then run it off a simple sustain pedal or via MIDI. And so it's, it's really, really versatile. And I think when you get into it, if you follow the tutorials that I have, and I've got more um, inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs for some more advanced uses and applying it directly to band lighting, but just one of those things uh, definitely to check out Joe so that, um, your name was Joe, right? Yep, check out Joe um, to see, you know, download the software, play with it, because I think you'll find that you're, you're gonna be pulling a lot less hair with a proper console. And, and if you sell the Obey, you know, for 80 bucks, and I think they retail for like 120, so say you sell it for 80, then DMXs is only about 200 bucks. And so it is an investment, but over the long term, it's, it's really not that much cost. So Andrew writes in and, um, He's been looking at getting DMXs to trigger the lights from ProPresenter 6. Um, he saw my videos and he's having trouble getting the two programs to communicate. So what I'm gonna do, Andrew, is, um, is I'm gonna link to a video, a really great video on YouTube um, that Sweetwater, I believe, made with the guys from Multitracks.com. And it literally walks through. He starts from the very basics, like here's DMXs, here's the program, and then he talks through everything in this video, showing you exactly step-by-step step how to hook it up and how to trigger from ProPresenter. So go ahead and check that out. I'm um, anybody else trying to do this from ProPresenter because this video is, is really helpful and it's, it's really well done. And so it's just, it's such a great video. You know, I can't say enough about that video there. All right, everybody. So that's it for today's show. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, enjoyed learning about wash fixtures, um, what's new on the market, and answering questions. If you have enjoyed this podcast, if you can go ahead and just this week, just tell somebody you, you know about it, whether it's on Facebook, you, you just mention it to somebody you know, or in person, um, just share with someone who, who works with lighting or who wants to work with lighting about this podcast so they can learn and they can glean this information that you have too. Um, obviously the podcast is free and uh, I would love if you could help me spread the word, then, then we can help more people with their lighting. And so I'll see you guys on the next episode next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.